Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, welcome to the Autocar Podcast, My Week in Cars, with Matt Pryor, that's me, and Steve Cropley, that's him. Hello. Morning, mate. How are you? Good, thank you, mate. How are you? Not bad, not bad. How's your cat? Oh, he's very well. He's (laughs) sitting between us very calmly. You have just been in your big cat, the Jaguar F-Type, having it photographed, haven't you? Yeah, just uh, just literally up the road in a a deluge, which has now departed, so it's good. good. Yeah, and I've got to go this afternoon and have a tyre fixed, replaced on... Uh, Genesis G70 as a pothole, another pothole, scuff the other day. Wow! So, so, so what actually happened? You, uh, well, I, well, actually, you know what? I don't, I don't know, and it may be unkind for me to blame uh, a pothole entirely. They are putting. Um, I was driving down the road to the gym near here the other day, and they're building a footpath, and they've narrowed the road considerably while wow. they're doing stuff. And there was somebody coming the other way, and I. It's a country road, and I, there was a whack. Uh-huh. And it was at night and I pulled into the car park and I checked everything and I couldn't see everything. And I, and I came out an hour later, it was still fine. And I thought, oh, happy days. I've got away with that, yeah. which I didn't expect. And then the next morning it was, it had lost six, seven PSI. Uh-huh. So it's got a slow puncture. I took nice. it over to the tire place yesterday and they had a look. They said, well, maybe we just need to reseat it on the rim or whatever. But they said, no, actually it's, it's, it needs a replacement. Mm. So mm. yeah. Anyway, Bum. this afternoon's gig um you can write to us autocar at haymarket.com as julian ware has done and he says well very nice things about the podcast thank you julian but he also says uh a few weeks ago steve mentioned that he had seen for the first time porsche taking a full page advert for the Taycan, which prompted him to check on new availability and there were over a dozen available for immediate delivery I've owned Porsches for a while and was shocked when, for the first time ever, I received emails from two different Porsche dealerships offering me £5,000 towards the deposit for a Taycan. Then today, another of them emailed offering four-year free service plan for a used one. I read today uh, in Autocart the review of the new Macan and note the price for the top-of-the-range model will be ninety grand, 
Way. Good um, It's a lot of money for a mid-sized SUV, blah, blah, blah. And the alternative is to buy the existing petrol one, which will continue to be sold, who knows how long for. Um, given the importance of the Macan to Porsche's balance sheet, have they dropped the ball, especially now the UK has put back the date for all cars uh, to be zero emissions to 2035. Um, have they gone electric too soon, is Julian's question. Well, I, I think it, the trouble is these things are all attached to a big, long supply chain and, mm. and timetable and all the rest of it. I, I think sort of short-term changes in the market and even um, variations in the legislation can't really... It's difficult for Porsche to sort of stop the old runaway train, isn't it? Yeah, and also they still, while the while we've gone from 2030 to 2035, that they've still got to sell a proportion of zero emissions cars as of next year, yeah. haven't they? And an increasing number all yeah. the way through. So I mean, I suppose we should perhaps be happy because if they if these things come um, not perhaps as laden with um, with extra costs as they usually are, then they're great, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's good for okay. the consumer. Yes, exactly. Yeah, uh, on the oh, what shall I do first, mate? Talking of the consumer, do you want to talk Citroen Ami first or Volkswagen Up first? Either. Uh, well, you choose. You know. You well, know. well, okay. On a th- on a theme then, on the consumer's theme, the the consumer can no longer buy the Volkswagen Up, and it's all your fault. It is all my fault. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, I think um, I think I was. Uh, I was on the Car of the Year jury um, shortly before you actually mm. joined. Um, and the Up was was a, a car that could have won, and it didn't. Now, I've been scrabbling around to figure out what it was, but I think it was something like the Peugeot 309 or was it 308 or something. That... Oh, I, I think the 308 was my first year. Was it? Was yeah, because I remember arriving, my plane was delayed, and I got the Geneva show announcement late. And I checked uh, social media as I was walking to the announcement, and it came up as Peugeot 308. Yeah, and oh, uh, there was some quite good stuff that year that didn't win. Uh, but anyway, let me see. So it's 2011. Do you think was it 2011? I think unless it was 2010. But I remember going on this mega junket to uh, to Rome, and of mm. course, amazingly chaotic place. You know, home of the small car, and it, when the up was perfect, it was it just. And we did a bit of thrashing up the Autostrada as well, so um, it it was just such a great little car. And I remember thinking, right, when I get back, need one of these. And uh, the steering committee, um, you know, gave me a tick in the box, and I never did anything about it. And mm. every time I see an up, I think I I should have done. And I keep looking at them and thinking. Is that? Can that be an eleven-year-old car? Doesn't seem possible, does it? Really, doesn't. Twelve-year-old car. No, it was, it was twenty twelve, and the Vauxhall slash Chevrolet Ampera Volt yeah. picked it up, which was the first. The Leaf had already won, hadn't it? Yeah, the twenty in twenty eleven, I think. And then anyway, it was a yeah, it was a range extender, wasn't it? Yes. It was a yeah. slightly curious car of a type that hasn't hasn't prevailed massively but, caught on. No, yeah, no. So, I mean, you can see why we did it, but, hmm. but I must say, I, I regret it. And anyway, yeah. n- not buying one and not voting for it, you know, I feel guilty. I had, We had a publisher who was running a Volkswagen Passat, I think, as a company car once. And he opted out of that and to, to get an up instead. And he said, you know, all the time you're looking forwards, 
it might as well be the same. There's just less stuff behind you, but it yeah. still feels like a Volkswagen. You know, he was running up and down motorways and yeah. stuff like that, and it really enjoyed it, I think. Yeah, this is, I think this is, um, yeah, I think I remember this story. And he, he also used it to go to France with his family and stuff. Oh, too. really? Yeah. yeah. And my, my brother's got a GTI, thinks it's terrific. Yeah. I really like them. I mean, I could have, it's on a, a fairly lengthy short list of what we might get at some point here. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's quite a long shot. That'd be a good car for you, wouldn't it? Just yeah, zip ideal, just a zipping around. I mean, I, it's the sort of thing that I suspect you'd end up using loads just because it's, as you say, I mean, it does all the short runs, but it's it's also fine at distance and pretty refined. And yeah, I mean, I'd Isn't use it, it amazing? I'd use it a lot. The, the way some cars you just fall into and other cars you don't. Yeah. And that's a duster for us. You know, we, we just because it fits in every car parking space and it's... Yeah. Just every time you fill it up, it says six hundred miles on the on the yeah. range readout. It's yeah. just great. Right? Yeah, and I do. I've got to say, the more compact a car is, but also usable, the more likely I am to use it around here for nipping to the shops. Just yeah. because you can park it places. Yeah, you know? yeah, just yeah. I think it's. I think they're really cool, and they look good. And they're they. I I really like. We might come on. Well, we will come on to sort of lowered and modified cars a little bit later. They look really good modified as well. Yeah. Some of them, when they're lowered a bit and they've got cool wheels on, I think they look great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's talk the Citroen Ami then, which is not on your shortlist. No, well, I, I've, I've always liked uh, slightly loopy Citroens and, yeah. and uh, had a few. And, and, um, and I think the Ami looks amazing. And I have been in an Ami a couple of times before. I drove one a little bit around Coventry, just out of the car park and back, mm. the HQ car park up mm. there. And then I did this job in Paris with uh, with the Citroen boss at the time, a bloke called Vincent Cobby, that mm-hmm. you, I think you know too. I know a night for Riley, much, yeah. Yeah, top bloke. Yeah. And uh, it involved doing uh, circuits of the Eiffel Tower against the traffic, believe it or not. You know, <laughs> is, we that, got in, is that strictly legal? Or no, is it no. just because he's Citroen CEO who no, decided he, no, that, he, you know, he just, he he could just do it. attacked it. And we were stopped by the cops and he leapt out of the car walked over to them with his arms very wide and said to them in French, don't worry, I can sell you one if you want. <laughs> and they they kind of looked rather weary and drove on. Drove on. So, um, he, you know, he had the gift of the gab that yeah. day. But the, the point was that I didn't really know about the car. Mm. And so I borrowed one. And I do think they look amazing. And I love yeah. the idea, you know, they hose it out and they've only, yeah. you know, seven to ten grand, whatever they are. And, Kids can drive it and stuff, but it's just disappointing. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's an electric quadricycle, isn't it? That's it the, is an electric yeah. quadricycle. Yeah. But so was the Renault Twizy, you see, mm. and that was much more successful, rode better, had more performance. Yeah, this this is not quick enough, and you know, I think to quick, not quick enough to the point of uh, hesitate to use a D word, danger. But yeah. but I think there are some pretty dangerous circumstances that you could involve it in. Yeah. Not really good enough, even on a 40-mile-an-hour road. Mm. I was disappointed, that's all. People who know what they're going into will probably think it's a great thing and top value for money and looks funky and, you know, says something about you. But I I thought I was going to want one, and I don't. Mm. It's a shame, isn't it? It is a shame. Because I love the idea of them completely. Yeah. But it just, yeah, I, I like you, I drove one around... Coventry, and there were times when I thought this is quite good fun, and yeah. there are times when I thought I don't 
want to be in this. Yeah. Well, imagine here, we're, we, you know, we're in your house here, mm. in, which is uh, sort of near a village, but not in it. Yeah. If you had to pull out of your drive onto a busy road nearby, fast road, yeah. I think I think you'd be in danger. I've done it, mate, and it's unpleasant. <laughs> <laughs> I have had to, I am, I don't know, three or four miles from the nearest town, and I've had to pull in between here and the nearest town to let traffic pass. Yeah. And it feels, yeah, it feels really hairy. I did the, when, when we did the road test of it, you know, we usually go to Millbrook Proving Ground to do our performance yeah, yeah. figures and stuff like that. Just forget it. You can't, yeah. obviously you can't, I can't get 50 miles to Millbrook to do it no. at 30 miles an hour flat out. And no. it was so anyway, so just, yeah, it's a, it's a shame because it's such a, it wouldn't take much to make it, great but yeah. i suppose then it undercuts it, it changes the proposition, changes the proposition. I think. Yeah, yeah i'm not sure not sure it would comply with the regulations it has to meet if you did that i think that's but the twizzy yeah. had a much higher top speed didn't it it could do nearly 50, 50. i think yeah 51 yeah <laughs> yeah i really enjoyed it twizzy i've got to yeah. say and it was narrow yeah you i mean and also it rode fairly husband. well. I mean, it, it was wasn't okay, brilliant, wasn't it? but it, it was, was all right. Yeah, it was all right. It Bigger was wheels, I think. It was quite carty, wasn't it? It felt quite go-karty yeah. to me. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. Well, one of our, do you remember Alan Muir, where, you know, our uh, managing editor of the time? I mean, he did four or 5,000 miles in one. Oh, did he? Yeah, did he, he run one, two, and from he, It was his office. long-term. He ran it, oh, he ran it a lot of the time, you know. It was, he was in it on the weekend and all that. Mm. But you still couldn't, you know, wouldn't be too healthy going down the M3 and that thing. No, but, no, no. But you could... You know, other roads, sort of sub B roads. Yeah, pretty good. I really like some of these kind of wacky ideas. Then it's so frustrating when they don't quite work. Do you remember the BMW C1 scooter? Yes. Did you try one? Oh, I did. We yeah. we also had, I think we borrowed two different ones. There, there were two versions, a 125 and a 200. Mm. And the... The 200 was sort of almost capable, you know, to do about 60, I suppose. Yeah, I took one on a motorway at one point. Yeah. It was awful. But do you, <laughs> <laughs> but do you remember, the, the big problem I remember is that the you sat in this, in this what, what amounted to a disc, because you, yep. you, you had a roof and a windscreen and stuff behind you. And the, and the noise of the bike used to bounce around the inside of this. It was like carrying, going in a drum. So that, yeah. so. The quicker you went, the noisier it was. Yeah. And there was this thing for, in some markets, you didn't have to wear a helmet. That's but right. I reckon you'd have to have your handkerchief stuffed in your ears. You'd to, want earplugs if you didn't have a lid, wouldn't you? Yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah. And they just didn't, I think BMW said it was safer without, they thought it was safer without a helmet. It was designed, or it was designed to be ridden without one. Yeah. And then the UK insisted you must wear one because it was a still a scooter. Was it? Yeah. You still see them a bit around. Town, yeah, people love them. Some people love them, don't they? Yeah. But it, I, I was also in the position because I, I would, I often ride scooter anyway, and, yeah. and um, at the time I had a Honda one two five, and it just, if getting from one to the other, just, the, the Honda, albeit without all the superstructure, hmm. just felt like a Formula Ford. Yeah. You know, it was, it was <laughs> yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. I remember, <laughs> it, and the, yes, because the problem was it had a windscreen. And this is probably why nobody has tried since it had a windscreen but because it was you had to wear a seatbelt in the seat didn't you yeah but because the windscreen was a few feet away you couldn't reach it to clear it of mist 
And of course, mist used to, or you know, in drizzle, it yeah. would build up on the inside because it would whip round the back of the pillars. Sure. So it had a windscreen wiper on the outside, but would mist up on the inside because it's so far away you couldn't focus through it properly. Yeah. Got tiny wheels, so not much centrifugal force to keep it stable. But then a body like a box kite, so yeah. in crosswinds, it was. I I really <laughs> didn't enjoy it at all. No. If somebody says, "What's the worst thing you've driven in your entire career?" It's right up there on my list oh, of right. most terrifying okay. experiences for me. Uh, it's yeah. well up there. Which is a shame. <laughs> Which is a shame because it's such a, you know, it's a, a nice idea, idea in a way. Yeah. 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 Um, let's talk more niche electric vehicles, courtesy of Ariel's Simon Saunders, please. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, I, I was just hanging around him for another reason recently. And, and I was just struck by the... the, the once again, he's a he's a he's a clear thinker, and he you know he runs a company which small series, um, hard to to keep up with the engineering progress of a of a major manufacturer. Therefore, a lot of these small manufacturers are looking for dispensation to continue to make the cars they make for longer. Mm. And Simon sees the beauty of that, and obviously the you know if if it's going to sustain Caterham and Westfield, if Westfield is still sustainable, but um, then brilliant, but but Simon just was saying, we're going to go green. We're already at work on an EV um, version of the of the Nomad. He was the the story was that he'd raised some money through the Niche Vehicle Network to mm. build prototypes of, of of an electric Nomad. Yeah, but his his main um, um, point of point of view was just that he felt that Ariel needs to pursue green issues as much as anyone else and it intends to play its part and don't think we're going to hide behind anything and I, I just admired the whole ethos mm. I do admire that I yeah. do admire that but I but I also do feel for niche companies who don't have the budget to use the latest tech and they will have to take off the shelf stuff that's yeah. available from somebody well that's else. the point that that is powerfully made, isn't it? That, you know, until the proprietary bits and pieces become available, you can't, you can't be, you have to, there's a wait. Mm. There, there has to be. I mean, the, the Lotus 7 used, the original Lotus 7, I think, used a, you know, 997 Ford engine and yeah. Yeah. and a marina back out with sort of some sort of some. Yeah, I mean, still, yeah, still now, I mean, a lot of self-built cars and stuff like that, you know, yeah. you're calling on stuff from elsewhere aren't you i think yeah 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 but so am i right in thinking i've seen the headline but not the i don't recall the full detail they do do they have something like three hundred thousand pounds from the niche vehicle network yes to sorry in fact i think it's nomad protos yes i think it's um i think it's in fact half a million but they but they they have to supply half of that themselves and 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 the government then fills in the the other money gotcha. so it's so and it's happened twice so it's about a million quid but okay. it, but it, the idea is to productionize these these evs mm. in small numbers mm. and they are won't it it will be a good car it'll be a really cool car i think a lot of them are used by people who have a fair bit of land to belt around on yeah in which case they'll likely have a decent place to keep it and charge it and yeah three phase electricity in the barn and all that stuff yeah Yeah. and then you can you know you can as people say about one of the advantages of a an ev farm or safari vehicle you know you can 
creep up on wildlife to check it's all right and it doesn't hear you come in and run off. That's, you know, that's a very good point. Know. Yeah, I remember. Yes, people saying that about the uh, yeah about you know electric farm vehicles that you can you can pop down and make sure everything's all right and it doesn't necessarily get spooked by yeah, hearing no, you. Interesting. Come. I, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. that um, I I tell you what I was just I was leafing through something or other of ours the other day and that there was a picture of you with those two little buggy-like vehicles in the middle of winter, last winter, oh, yeah, wasn't it? last winter, yes. You've got, a bit of at, a, um, you've got a bit of a penchant for those, haven't you? I tell you what, Steve, they, they were really good fun. They were really, really good fun. I think Piers Ward wrote the feature and I did the video, which is available. That, it was a vid. YouTube. It was a vid yeah. I saw. Yeah. And, and it just, because their limits are so low, because they've got these kind of balloony what the sort of tyres they are but they're yeah. just they're really you know silly low grip on the on the road tyres they just move around they roll a bit they dive a bit but it's all quite they're only weigh sort of 800 kilos so everything's quite well contained yeah and they probably ride well, fun. they ride really nicely they're just if you lived somewhere you could cope with the fact that you're so exposed to the elements they're just great fun really yeah. good fun the picture was the the, I just was. I watched the, f- the first uh, minute or so, and and um, the the location and the way these cars were arrayed in the picture just made them look great. So so um, it wasn't on so the appealing. sand, was it? It was on the sand. That yeah. would assert um, where Pendine. you went the other day, Pendine Sands. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah it's yeah. a great static shot. Up, they're lined up against in front of the cliff face. Yeah, and it fabulous. looks really good. Really nice picture, actually. I've got to say, that was really it made me want the cars. Yeah. Well, I think. If you like something like an aerial nomad, if you like a small, lightweight, fun car, yeah, they fit the bill. Problem with them is, they've got centrifugal clutch single that. speed, so they the the engine spins over at I don't know like five thousand RPM constantly. It's a little one liter twin, I think, in in both of them. Right. So they're just the noise is. So you need just the drone it. Yeah, you'd need earplugs, and it just drones and drones and drones. And the laws state that if you register them as farm vehicles, which is what most of them are, I think they're limited to 40 miles an hour, and you're supposed to only ride them, drive them in your local area. But you can register them properly, uh, and then they are able to do 60 miles an hour, and you can go where you like. Ah. You can use them as, a, and as would, an ordinary would, car. The ones you... Sorry, we were getting diverted here. No, that's bit, right. But... Uh, the ones you drove were, were could do sixty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They could do sixty. Was that all right? It was apart fine. from the noise. Yeah, apart from the noise, it was it was fine. And they get chilly, but that's okay. You just dress yeah. better, and their lights are not great. So we yeah. did a shoot during the day up on the roads of South Wales near Crickall, and then we drove to Pendine, which is quite a long way, reasonably long way, that evening. And it and yeah, the lights. You sort of, this getting flashed by people coming the other way, and I and I was on high beam, low beam, and I was like, I don't know what I should be on here because it's just I don't know if people are telling me my lights are too bright or too dim. And somebody in the we were travelling with in the in the sort of support vehicle went, yeah, they're not very bright. So you'd want to sort that. You could put a windscreen on that kept the wind out your face. Yeah, I think you'd have quite a lot of fun in one. But yeah. the, but the yeah the little droney noises does get a bit wearing. Yeah, yeah. But they'd be great fun. You know they're mid-engine rear rear drive yeah buggies i mean what's not to like about no, not to like, so cool. yeah yeah um, right steve and i are in a moment going to take a short break before we do if you go to the magazine shop.com uh, you can subscribe to autocar you can get a uh, digital edition or you can get a print and digital 
edition, you get a subscriber extra, which one of us or one of our other staffers writes once a week. We get some extra free editorial content. Bremner does a nice column, doesn't he, Richard? He does, Bremner, that's he a does. nice thing for it. Um, and there are, I think, what they call early bird offers. If you subscribe before sometime early November, you get quite a lot of money off, like more than 60% off. So you were talking about this last week, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, so I think... It's actually... It's a hell of a deal. Actually. Yeah, it's like 13 issues, digital only, which gives you full access to 128 years of Autocar archives as well. 13 issues uh, and and full access to the archive in that time um, was under 30 quid, I think. It's pretty good, isn't it? Brilliant. It's coming up to that time of year. Amazing. Anyway, Steve and I are going to take a very short break. We'll be back with more My Week in Cars in just a moment. What car would you buy if you could buy any car? What car would you buy if you knew you could save thousands? What car would you buy if you could compare the latest offers from approved dealers? What car would you buy if you could do all of this in one place in just a few simple clicks? And where would you go to buy that car? What car? Car buying made easy. Visit whatcar.com to buy your next new car. Welcome back to my week in cars. You can write to us, autocar at haymarket.com. And Jason Dando has done, who says, what has happened to car audio? Reviews in magazines and on the YouTube never mention anymore the audio system. Have all audio systems become so good that it is just a formality and assumed that it will be more than up to the job? Or are we obsessed with the visual and operational qualities of the touchscreen? Uh, please keep up the good work with the pods. Jason, um, yeah, what do you think, Steve? I mean, I do think it's the former. Yeah, uh, I do. they 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 perform so well that that I stop thinking about their quality. Mm. Uh, it, it, we only trip over it when something's sort of shrill or or horrible or, or you know just doesn't sound right. But most of them, even cheap cars, are pretty much all they're right. Pretty good, aren't they? And you know, my thoughts on this are that there's so much background noise in any given car anyway. Yeah, that actually it's. If you're looking for a audiophile experience, don't listen. To, don't listen to something in a car. But yeah, I think you're right. I think they're all sufficiently good that it just passes us. They're all they're all pretty good. So unless it's particularly good or particularly bad, we don't mention it that yeah. much. Yeah. The the only thing I think I notice sometimes is that in some cars the speakers are better positioned than in others. If it's a if it's a fairly small car, this Jag F Type that I've mm. been driving. Uh, because it's got a small cabin, you you just feel involved in the in the sound. But I I must say I don't give a thought to quality anymore. No, I did talk to an engineer on a launch earlier this year, a sound engineer from one of the one of the top end hi fi manufacturers who was talking about the the interior environment. And I said, you know, are some cars better than others? And he said, actually, yeah, an estate car is is good because you have the right sort of surfaces and the right sort of volume to let the sounds kind of develop and stuff like that. And I thought the Volkswagen multivan that I ran for a little while was seriously good, really good Yeah. for that. And he said, yeah, small, really, really cramped cabins can be a problem because it's, it's all muffled surfaces and it's not conducive. Yeah. So if they've done a good job in a car as compact as an F-Type, that is not bad. Not bad. Yeah. yeah. But, Really, in that car, that <clears throat> the dominating noise much of the time is is tire noise, and mm -hmm. it, I, I I can't help thinking spending lots of dosh on super flash hi-fi is hardly worth it. No, I, it's like a, a lot of the things people 
buyers options they, they, they kind of do it because they think they're better yeah yeah but I don't I do know somebody who bought a Porsche Taycan and is furious because it has arrived with the base stereo rather than the one he specced oh I don't know what you do about that I mean what do, you, do you give it back and wait for an entirely new car or I suppose you can you could if you wanted couldn't you yeah it's your it's your prerogative to go oh, sorry that's not the but then what do you do I mean when I they, think I'd, I'd go it? for a I think I'd do. drive it a couple of miles down the road and sort of try and decide how much it, practically speaking, how much it mattered. How much it mattered, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, first world problem. As long as you didn't bit, pay yeah. for it, of course. You know, long Well, as yes, as long as you don't pay the full whack for it. Yeah. yeah. I suppose that's the thing, isn't it? But yeah, arrived with the with the, the wrong stereo. Furious, furious. With the old, it's one of, it's, I think it might be one of those life too short, life too short yeah, jobs. Just, yeah, just get on with it. Um, Tell me about Bista Heritage Sunday Scramble, last one of the year. Last yeah, well, we, I saw you. But for yeah. One of the first people I saw was yourself, um, looking happy. Um, oh, sorry. And that's uh, a great place to go. It's in a beautiful weather, superb. We went over there in the Alpine, me and the steering committee. We we um, were we did what we never do. Normally, we, we arrive everywhere early. Mm. And and this time, we kind of lay in bed in, in a rather sort of um, soporific way and find, and got over there later. Mm. And it turned out to be a good idea because they just drove straight in. Oh, yes, good point. And um, I'm used to queues. Mm. Not bad queues, I must say. But anyway, it was a lovely day and it was, I don't know, wherever you look, there's something great, isn't there? And I kept on seeing things that I'd never even heard of. Mm. And uh, as you said, I think, you, in fact, there's a bit in your column, isn't there, about um, the, the, the the sort of freak cars, the one-offs. Yeah. Tell, t- tell us about Well, that. yeah, so I saw at a distance this grey Mini, you know, with sort of some wings and a diffuser and stuff. I thought, that looks pretty serious. And then it had sort of knacker ducts and big air holes in the rear window with the side windows at the back and you could see when you looked at the rear um the boot lid it had a radiator inside it and i thought oh that's pretty serious i wonder what's in the i wonder what engines in the back of that and you get over there and it's got a honda vtec engine in the front but it takes up so much room that he's moved all of the radiators to the back which is uh, you know a if you were designing a car from scratch i'm not sure that's where you'd go but he's gone well i want to modify this mini I want to put a cool engine in it yeah well, where's the radiator's going to go? How are you going to keep it cool? Well, they better go at the back. Was it, it was still cool transverse? Like, yeah, yeah, transverse. Yeah. I think, I, I mean, I presume transverse front-wheel drive, but it was beautifully done, mate. So beautifully done. Really just... So I, I suppose you'd have to use a Honda transmission? I Yeah, oh, probably, because don't they turn a different way to the... Uh, well, and also, how do you... Yes, because yeah, you, you, you couldn't do, put yeah. it up to the A-series one, could you? Yeah. yeah, so, yeah, I guess so, yeah. Wow. But just really beautifully done. And then over the other side of the site, there was a um, Volkswagen Beetle with a pretty highly tuned two-point-something uh, four-cylinder drag, looked like a drag race-type motor. Yeah. And then obviously the fuel tank usually lives under the bonnet at the front of a Beetle. That had been moved to somewhere in the middle somewhere as well. So underneath the bonnet was just this sort of, com- and it had a little spindly uh, like drag, style wheels with no wheel arches on the front and then underneath the bonnet you could see completely all the way through underneath the bonnet to the other side and inside it was decked out in kind of the roll bar was like covered in sort of hand stitched almost uh sort of saddle style leather it was oh, just wow. so cool it was just so cool and then there's the there are the 
bona fide high end classics that you see in yeah. other places, you know. And I don't, I don't know anywhere else that that does it. No, I think the 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 thing that seems to propel that place is the fact that, well, as as Dan Gagan, the the boss, says, the the you know his his secret weapon is his fifty tenants. Mm. You know they've got, you know, a bloke that can make. You know, a, a kind of absolute artist with the exhaust systems, and they they're radiator makers, and there are people who prepare rally cars, and there's a bloke down there busily making back axles for pre-war, you know, for W.O. Bentleys, and it's just it's just all that um, expertise that that is it's, it's, you can almost warm your hands on it. <laughs> it's just so fantastic. Just, and I think the fact that. It isn't just a venue. It's a it's a working, um, I don't know, center of industry almost. Mm. And of course, it's about to get much bigger, isn't it? Because they're gonna they're just opening their innovation center, where they're hoping not only to have a the the heritage side of it, but but places where people are working on uh, you know flying cars and and you know the. EVs to burn and all mm. not probably wrong choice of words there but <laughs> but um, you know lots of lots of modern stuff yeah so yeah. it's a wonderful place to go I wish I lived in them in the middle of it it's cool isn't it yeah, yeah. it's a yeah I I mean I yeah it's very handy for me to be down the road but, well you're but if even if I wasn't I think I'd end up being there a lot because there's a lot yeah. going on you know we've covered well there are there's the place that does the classic fuels which are biofuels based on um biofuels growing stuff but there's also the hydrogen based yeah. uh, fuel place that paddy Lowe is one of the technical directors That's of it, isn't he yeah. that, that makes that makes will make quantity large quantities eventually large quantities of jet fuel and yeah. uh, unleaded out of hydrogen which is yeah, it's getting exciting uh, it's, it's loads going on loads going on i think they're gonna i think they're gonna break ground on the new site early next year i think on part of the Expansion stuff on the yeah. Bista, Bista Motion, I think it's going to be called. Isn't That's it. it. So yeah. yeah, loads going on. Loads and there's, um, yeah, I believe there are already various businesses that have made commitments and so on. Mm. One, one of them was is connected with flying, oh, which really? of course what the oh, thing really? started doing. Yeah. Well, oh, back in the day. Interesting. Very interesting place. Yeah. Um, oh, anyway, well, I was going, I was going to complete the story. The uh, so we have, have a perfect day. Couldn't couldn't design a better day. You know. <laughs> And uh, on the way back, car conked. Oh, mate. <laughs> and uh, the Alpine conked. The Alpine A110. Uh, which was a surprise because mm. it had been perfect. Mm. It just it just sort of ceased and uh, wouldn't restart. And, all that. And, and a bloke drove past the other way in an Alpine, rode down the window and said, a fuel pump then. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I didn't know what to say except uh, possibly. And, possibly. Uh, but as we stood on the verge waiting for the AA, um, my missus, you know, had a bit of a look online and it becomes obvious that there's a... There is a... There's a bit of a an thing. issue. Yeah. Anyway, the car's been, been very credibly swept away and it's being repaired now and we'll mm. have more news next week. More news next week. Uh, yes, I have, heard of, I have heard of one or two going. I don't yeah. know why it should be. Does it just get particularly... Warmer is, is it? Don't know. This car's done just about seven thousand miles, so okay. it's. Uh, I think it. Maybe it's a batch thing because they've been mm. made since twenty seventeen, and that this this uh, problem has only raised its head, in my knowledge, anyway, fairly recently. Yeah. So, well, we'll see. Mm. Still um, a good car. Tell me about a 
car advertisement you have spotted? Oh, uh, well, I've got this friend called Andrew Ryan, an Irish bloke, loves, loves, um, seen a lot on Twitter, runs a thing called The Car Factoids. Mm. And he, um, and he's always posting really interesting advertisements. He, he's very BL minded, but, but this time he put up a, um, an advertisement for a Citroen DS20, I think. 20, it might have been a 23. But anyway, the, the, the classic, beautiful Citroen DS. Mm. Um, which said uh, something like, um, you know, you, if you didn't have one of these, you could have a car. You know, and it, it was they're trying to make the the point that it was it was being rethought in so many ways that it yeah. was a it was a complete change of pace. And of course, it was a fantastic car. Still looks fantastic. The only problem with it is that you can't go too close to one of those because the panel gaps are so. Massive, you know. The, I always think panel gaps. You remember the the panel gap story? They used to say two things are visible from the moon: the Great Wall of China and the panel gaps in a Range Rover. And and uh, I think I think the the Citroen DS is right up there as well. What was the, um, the what was the what was the joke? Is that the Italians would put a canary in the car, leave it overnight, <laughs> and if it was singing in the morning, it light the car and they'd sign it off. Yep. If the Germans put it in a car, and if it was dead in the morning, it obviously used all the available oxygen inside, and they'd sign it off. <laughs> and BL would put one in the car, and if it was still there in the morning, they would sign it off. Which is mean, I know. I was just going to try and find while I was here that strap line from that advert because I've got, I've got our. Yeah. Uh, oh no, here we go. Look, here is, here is your column in front of me, and it's a big picture of the Citroen Ami. The greatest invention since the car. That's it. That's yeah, the yeah. line, isn't it? That's a good yeah. line. But I, I suppose my, the point I was trying to make is mm. that my memory, you know, and this is possibly old person speak, I have to admit to that, but but car ads were more more interesting. To, you know, they, they were more geared towards people who, like us, who would read them anyway. Mm-hmm. And nowadays they're... They just they just don't have the intelligence, and I mm. think I slightly wonder whether that's an indictment of the cars, the people who manage car companies who are mainly importers, and therefore using advertising from from elsewhere from elsewhere, yeah, or the people who who design adverts, and I think to read some of the copy that even for British produced adverts, you, I do find it disappointing. A lot mm. of it's a lot of it. Doesn't just doesn't have the awareness that I, I believe um, some of the some of the stuff that Andrew uh, Ryan puts mm. up does. Do TV car adverts do it any better? I don't. I'm some I don't. some have done, haven't they? In the past, do you yeah. remember there was a there was a whole Kia Picanto years ago. There was a kind of cartoony thing that that uh, that appeared on the box, which was good. Mm. But the proliferation of TV channels is difficult, isn't it? It's yeah. You, know, you have to. Well, I'm aware. I don't because I don't own a terrestrial t- a TV hooked up to the yeah. to the telly as normal. I only ever watch stuff online or yeah. on streaming or download. So I don't I don't actually see any TV adverts no. anymore. So I don't know whether they. No, I'm the same. Really, you, it is funny, isn't it? You, you, olden days, you know, you'd arrive at work and talk about what was on TV last mm. night, but. I can go several weeks without seeing any TV. Yeah. It's funny. It is funny. Yeah. Yeah. The modern changing media landscape. Oh, which, 
HMS Autocar is all across because not only are we a print magazine as we have been weekly since 1895 you can tell them on the wrap up we also are available in, in print edition but you can find us at autocar.co.uk we're on all the socials including I think TikTok these days really yeah I, I have to confess I haven't looked no, no, but no, I no. believe we are uh, and um, yes you, the, the entire archive is available online at themagazineshop.com uh, we're on YouTube where we have 806,500 subscribers I think now which is not bad is it it's alright fantastic so you can find us everywhere you would get and we have podcasts available wherever you get your podcasts so we've got all of that and Steve and I will be back this time next week what have you got on in the meantime Steve um, I'm not away I don't think no I think I've just got a certain amount of typewriter thrashing yeah. you know how you you get into this business of um, of doing a lot of reporting and suddenly you've got a notebook groaning notebooks and time mm. and and recordings of yourself talking to some other person and and uh, I've got to deal with all that really yeah. I've got a Christmas road test to write about this, oh, time, my by word. this time next week so oh. yeah, on with that uh, and also there will be Britain's best driver's car which I have to finish writing up today which is published on the 1st of November but that'll be cool look forward to that yeah, me too. So, I look forward pleasure. to reading. So, meantime, thanks very much for joining us, and we will see you uh, this time next week. Cheers, Dick. Cheers, mate. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So, I created Pretty Litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.